Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and once again, I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. Nope, I'm not going to talk to you about the mega contract Julio Rodriguez just got from the Seattle Mariners. Nope, I'm not going to talk to you about the mega contract Aaron Judge is going to get from either the New York Yankees or some other team. And no, I'm not going to spend any time talking about what I don't like about the way today's game of baseball is being played. No, I'm just going to talk about this past Saturday's Mets Old Timers Day at City Field. Because, folks, that was baseball for me the way it ought to be. So, like I said, listen up because you're really going to want to get a load of this. And I'm going to start today with the quote from the late, great Hall of Fame catcher for the old Brooklyn Dodgers, three-time MVP, Roy Campanella. And this is... It's just, I remember the first time I read it, and I keep it on my desk forever. Campy said, I quote, You got to be a man to play baseball for a living, but you got to have a lot of little boy in you too. Not only does it apply today, but what I watched on Saturday, it was the Mets' first old-timers day that they held since 1994, okay? And in a word, it was spectacular. And it was spectacular for all the right reasons. And believe me, folks, you didn't have to be a Met fan to enjoy it because I will tell you, I grew up on Yankee old-timers days. And, you know, there's no team in history, none, that could have, or certainly in the past, old-timers days like the Yankees because of the rich history and tradition. I mean, I, I remember Joe DiMaggio and the Mick, Mickey Mantle and Yogi and Whitey and, you know, you Moose Scour and Hank. You can go on and on and else you can, till you're blue in the face. Later on, Bobby Mercer's, you know, it, it just, it never ends. Never ended. Okay, the Mets have a 60-year history. Not as, certainly not as long as the Yankees. But they had a history, have a history. And uh, let me tell you, Steve Cohn, the new owner, brought it out big time this past Saturday. And, and the reason it struck me because I'm watching it, and I'm I, like you heard me the way I started. I didn't want to hear. I'm sick of hearing about mega contracts and, and this and that. And I've spoken to you about what's wrong with the game. This was why I loved the game, because I watched these men, players, these men coming out now, older men, and I saw the joy in their faces. I, I saw the smile. You could see the pride that they had, you know, with their old buddies, their comrades, if you will. It, it was just wonderful to see. And to me, of course, it's nostalgic because 
I'm thinking about my childhood. I grew up with these guys. And, and fortunately for me, not only did I grow up with them, but I've been fortunate enough to get to know them and for a good many of them to become friends with them. It was wonderful to see. It was wonderful to see. I, I mean, I'm watching Ed Cranepool. Now, Ed Cranepool, I, I remember the big news. It was Ed Cranepool at a Monroe High School in the Bronx. He came up in like for three games in 1962 at 17 years old. 17 years old. A few years ago, he had a kidney transplant. And, you know, I, there I see him walking out with the cane, you know, obviously not in stellar health. But, man, that was, to me, that was steady Eddie Cranepool. And I remember him as a 17-year-old. You know, I, I saw Doc and, and Daryl and David Cohn. Listen, I just mentioned three names. Doc, Daryl, and David Cohn. Three guys who were part of Mets championships who went across town to become part of Yankees championships. But they were there. They were part of that. They were part of that history. It was wonderful to see. There were some sad things to see as well. I mean, I'm looking at John Stearns, the catcher John Stearns, whose nickname was the bad dude, and you can tell he's in poor health and frail and looking fragile. But he was there with a smile on his face, and you can see how lifted up he was being there. You know, Wally Backman, Tim Tuffle, but but go, I mean, Ron Swoboda, Cleon Jones. It, it just, it made me, it's why I'm fortunate to do something that I love here, you know, had a career in broadcasting, sports broadcasting. But I was watching that, watching those guys, and I wasn't a broadcaster anymore. I was back in Sheepshead Bay, Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. I was back playing for Bedford Bay Little League on Knapp Street, which my father, let him rest in peace, helped build with his bare hands next to PS 194. I was back playing American Legion ball at Marine Park in the parade grounds in Brooklyn. That's what Saturday's Old Timers Day did for me. I wasn't thinking about steroids. I wasn't thinking about performance-enhancing drugs. I didn't have to think, thank God, about domestic violence. I didn't think about controversies. I just thought about the game of baseball. And and don't folks, don't get me wrong. I know that there were incidents and things back then too. Okay? Don't do not get me wrong. I know I know there were contract squabbles and arguments back then too. Listen, I I, I know when free agency came about under the stewardship of Marvin Miller. I know, I know all about that. 
But Saturday, I was just watching guys from yesteryear. Jay Hook, Frank Thomas, who's 92, an original Met. I mean, it, it, was, it was just, you know, I'm watching Mike Piazza and, and John Franco, and, and it, it, you know, it just, I'm not going to lie, you know, it was emotional. I'm not ashamed to say it. Because it was, it was, as Campy said, you got to have a little boy in you to enjoy the game. Not just play it for a living, but to me, even as a fan, you got to have the little boy in you to just enjoy the game for what it is. Because I find today too many grown-ups, they're pissed off. Get them out of town. The owner's cheap. The, whether it's the, the, this team or that team or any team, any of the major league teams. This guy's a bum. Get him out of town. You know, what the hell do we have him on our team for? No. Like I've told you this in the past. I never, I've never booed my own team in any sport unless the guy was a bad guy. When I say a bad guy, bad to the fans. Miserable. And there was certainly some, you know, when I was in the broadcasting business, if, if I was a fan, just a fan, then I would have booed him. But that's not what this is about. This is about just enjoying the moments for what they are. The beauty of the game. And, and, and watching these old guys, and God, God bless them, some of them, you know, you know, you're also watching men who are these big strapping guys, you know, physical specimens, if you will. And now, you know, they all got, well, I shouldn't say all of them, but a lot of them. They're not just barrel-chested guys. They're like beer belly guys hanging out. Some of them can't walk too well. Well, that's part of the age factor that a lot of us go through. But it was just the announcements, and, and, and you know, they had Howie Rose um, emceeing it, and he just did a wonderful job. He told you a little bit of, of what each person did, but the best was saved for last. You know, I, I was sitting Saturday saying to myself, okay, what am I going to talk about, you know, for my podcast this week? And there's certainly things to talk about, uh, you, you know, Yankees, the, the Mets, uh, you know, contracts. I, I could... I could talk about the nonsense with the Brooklyn Nets, with uh, Kevin Durant deciding to come back, and now it's kiss and make up and all that BS. But I was while I was thinking about some of that stuff, I'm watching the Old Timers Day. And I'm, as the Old Timers Day is going on, I'm saying, you know, this wouldn't be bad to talk about. But then as they closed it, they were coming to the end that was the cherry on top of the whipped cream. Howie Rose or they said, please pay attention, you know, to the big screen. And they decided to show us a couple of minutes of the Say Hey Kid Willie Mays in his two years when he was way past his prime uh, as a New York Met. And 
I'm telling you, you're talking to a guy who grew up, and I've discussed this with you before, I grew up in a Dodgers household because of my father, a Brooklyn Dodgers household. But really, my Dodgers became the L.A. Dodgers. You know, the Sandy Koufax Dodgers, the Maury Wills Dodgers, the, the, the uh, Don Drysdale Dodgers, you know, those guys. The Davis brothers. But even then, there was something about Willie Mays. I mean, he was the arch enemy because he played for the arch rival Giants. People just loved Willie. They loved Willie Mays. But anyway... And I'm sure, well, if you don't know by now, then you must have been sleeping under a rock. So they show the video, and then they talk about how the owner, the first owner of the Mets, Joan Payson, brought Willie Mays to New York and said, listen, Willie, you're going to retire as a Met, and then we're going to retire your number. Nobody ever is going to wear 24 again. She dies, and the Mets say on Saturday Promises made, promises kept, and they retired Willie's number. The ovation. I'm getting goosebumps talking to you about it. The ovation. And watching some of the fans, they panned on some of the fans, grown men, older men, crying. You can see their lips trembling. Because I was sitting in my... Family room, trembling. That's how moving it was. And that, to me, is why I say to you today, that's baseball the way it ought to be. I understand it's a business, a a multi-billion dollar business. As you heard me say, I don't blame players for trying to get as much as they can. I don't blame owners for trying to make the best deals that they possibly can. As I said in the past when we were talking about Aaron Judge, listen, if he stays with the Yankees, that's great. I hope for all Yankee fans and the Yankees' sake, he does stay with the Yankees. But if he decides he wants more money than the Yankees are willing to give, I'm not going to call him a bum for leaving. And I'm not going to call the Yankees bums for not giving him exactly what he wants. But again, I said that's that's not what today's about. It's just being able to enjoy the game. Like on Saturday, all I did was enjoy what I was seeing. I wasn't thinking about all the crap that we, goes with it on a daily basis. And And, you know... I'm talking about baseball because it was the Mets' old-timers day. But, folks, I could talk to you about any sport, and it all applies. Again, it's, as Campy said, you got to be a man to play baseball for a living, but you got to have a lot of little boy in you, too. you got to be a man to play baseball for a living, but you got to have a lot of little boy in you too. And what I watched when those old men came out on the field, I saw a lot of little boy in all of them. And a lot of those guys went through their contract squabbles back in their day. But it all started when they were little boys. That's when it all started. 
It all started back then when they were playing for the sheer joy of playing the game. When they fell asleep, when people fell asleep with with radio, uh, uh, transistor radio earplugs in their ears. That's what I used to do so I could hear the games out on the West Coast. But when it was Willie Mays, when they announced that, folks, the first time I went to Shea Stadium, this is God's honest, honest, true story. The very first time, and I was fortunate enough, listen, as a kid, I was able to go twice to Ebbets Field. I mean, as a real little kid, I was five and six years old. I never went to the polo grounds when the Giants were playing, but I went in 1962 when the Mets were playing with, of course, my dad. But, you know, now Shea Stadium was this new, you know, magnificent at the time, state-of-the-art stadium in Flushing, you know, near the World's Fair. And the first time we're going, I'm going to a Sunday doubleheader with my father. And my father kept saying, and we got great seats. It's like first row in in the loge boxes. Now loge boxes were for what was for the exorbitant sum of two dollars and fifty cents each. Yeah, box seats used to be three fifty. It was the same deal at um, Yankee Stadium. So my father was all happy. We're going to Shea Stadium, and we're going to sit. They were either first or second row seats. Okay, we're sitting in the right field corner. It's a great seat, my father's saying. It's first or second row. And we went. And my father's seat was located directly behind the right field foul pole. So he wasn't going to have me sit behind it. So he sat behind it, tilted all day. And I don't mind telling you, for as long as we had to sit there, he was a little tilted for other reasons, having a one or two extra beers. And the reason I say one or two extra beers because it was a doubleheader. The Giants won the first game 5-3. I remember Juan Marichal pitched. Great Hall of Famer. And then um, the second game, the second game happened to go 23 innings, 23 innings. And as luck would have it, as a lot of people want to leave early, my father was willing to to stay. So we stayed for 23 innings of a second game. I watched 32 innings of baseball that day. Not only did I watch 32 innings of baseball that day, I got to see Willie Mays, who actually went one for 10 in that second game. I got to see him because he was the great Willie Mays. I got to see him play shortstop. You know, they were moving players around. I got to see him play shortstop. How's that for the first time going to Shea Stadium? And here's an even better one just to add a little to the story. Like three weeks later, my father got us tickets. We went for the Father's Day doubleheader against the Philadelphia Phillies in game one. Jim Bunning pitched the perfect game for the Phillies against the Mets, 6 nothing. 
Can you hear the little boy in me coming out now? Because that's how I feel talking about it. I remember Willie Mays, and, and it was great because Cleon Jones, who was, of course, there, was, Cleon was talking about his locker being next to Willie Mays. And, and, and very respectful when he was interviewed afterwards, Cleon said, no dis- disrespect to anybody, but Willie, he goes, no disrespect to Mickey Mantle, no disrespect to Hank Aaron. Who they, him and uh, Cleon and Hank come from this, I think both of them come from Mobile, Alabama. No disrespect to Roberto Clemente. Willie was the best. Willie, to me, Willie is the best I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of great players, but Willie is the best that I've ever seen. I'm not going to, I'm not talking about Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams and Babe Ruth because I didn't see them play. You know, I mean, I was, uh, you know, certainly around when Ted Williams was playing, but, you know, I don't remember him playing. Willie's the best I've ever seen. But you know what I also remembered about Willie at that doubleheader? I remember, that was, and Cleon was talking about it. That it was back in the day, you know, they had infield and outfield practice. Not just BP. And you had to see Willie I mean, this is like, you know, a two-time MVP putting on a show, putting on a show. That's what I'd remembered about Willie Mays. And to see him, to see the Mets, they topped off Old Timers Day with a surprise. And I got to tell you, that's got to be the best kept secret in sports for a long, long time. How that did not leak out is tremendous. You know, obviously Willie's in his 90s. He couldn't be there, make the trip from the West Coast, but his son Michael was there. It was was just a special, special day. And like I said, the way I I began, as the late, great, three-time MVP Hall of Famer Roy Campanella said, you got to be a man to play baseball for a living. But you got to have a lot of little boy in you too. I saw that little boy in those great men as they performed, trying to perform on Saturday. And in the stands, I saw a lot of little boys in men too. And, you know... The times have changed. I see a lot of, you know, little girls in grown women too. That's the way, that's why I say to you folks, baseball the way it ought to be. For me, that's what baseball is all about. I know it's a big business, but if you can separate the business from the little boy and little girl aspect of it, then I think you'd be ahead of the game. And that, my friends, is a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can do so on Twitter at Russ Salzberg. You can always check me out on Facebook. You can check out my website at russsalzberg.com. Now I'd like to thank my home here at Believe.com because I say it time and time again, Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. But above all, got to thank you, the people out there, because without you, the people out there, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to each and every one of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. 
And let me just say it one more time. As Campy said, you gotta be a man to play baseball for a living. But you gotta have a lot of little boy in you too. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.